Welcome to season number two of Through the Eyes of the Guide, a program for tour guides and tour managers to share insider tips and tricks, connect with other guides from around the world, and further develop and grow as tourism professionals. I'm your host, Nicole Flores from Santiago de Chile, also known as Nikki Flo. I've been working in this beautiful industry as a certified local guide and tour manager since 1998. Welcome to the program. Hello, hello, hello. New episode of uh, Through the Eyes of the Guide. Today, a very, very interesting topic. I'm very happy to have uh, here Xavi. Xavi, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself a little, um, a little later. But uh, before that, I just want to remind everybody, if you want to leave some more comments uh, about things you want to talk about in this podcast, uh, things that could be useful for develop our skills about tour managers and guide, please go to the Facebook group of uh, Through the Eyes of the Guide, leave your comments, uh, leave me a message, and, uh, and I'll be more than happy to try to find out Um, how we can talk about those uh, different topics. So far, we've been having storytelling, the use of humor for guides, and uh, also the use of the voice. And today we are going to talk about the skills uh, you can develop as a Toastmaster. That is, uh, that is incredibly, incredibly uh, interesting. I myself uh, participate in some Toastmaster sessions, and I think it's one of the most useful things you can you can do as a guide. And uh, we have an expert today to talk about this topic. Uh, so, uh, hello and welcome to Xavi del Campo. Hello, Xavi. Hello, Nicole. It's a real pleasure to greet you from the other side of the ocean somehow, because uh, <laughs> I'm right here in Europe, in the north of Spain, in Bilbao. And happy to speak about two things that I like. One is uh, public speaking and communication, as you said. And the other, something that I did, something that's part of me, the tourism industry, and uh, specifically what you love most, which is uh, being a guide. So let's uh, talk about that and try to help somehow your audience. Super. Uh, Xavi, I know that you you work as a, as a guide um, in the tourism industry. You have so many things to do. And, but this, this podcast is mainly for tour operators and tour guides. And um, let us uh, learn a little more about that specific thing first, uh, what you did and how you became one uh, reward to master actually mm -hmm. in, in your country. Uh, and then let's get deeper in the techniques and how we can use it and all that. I'm very excited about this. So, but first, uh, let us know a little more about you. Well, as you said, uh, my name is Xavi del Campo. I live in Bilbao again, as I said, in the north of Spain. And um, I could say that my life is linked somehow to traveling and to tourism as well in every sense, not because nowadays I'm in the sector anymore, but uh, because of uh, my beginnings uh, were totally uh, linked to the industry. I uh, studied uh, tourism when I was around 22, 23, I ended up my tourism studies. Um, honestly, I have to say that I didn't know what to study, so I decided that tourism was a good choice because I just liked uh, 
languages and traveling. That was all. <laughs> no, that was the, the first, the, the beginning of everything. And then from my 20s to my 30s, I would uh, travel around the world, especially linked to uh, an activity that I loved, which was uh, snowboarding and mountains. Mm -hmm. So I lived in Andorra for some years. Then uh, I traveled to, the, to South America, North America, to the Alps and chasing for snow always, which was my... Uh, pure and only love and during that period period what he did was uh, worked uh, in the industry mainly as a uh, hotel receptionist as you said as a guide as well in several uh, different activities and in many many works that I had to take because what I loved was snowboarding and, and mountain and the rest of the time was working so that industry was perfect to me But then I shifted a little bit when I came back to Bilbao. That was around my 30s. And I decided that I wanted to change. Maybe as uh, we were talking before, in the, the tourism industry is, uh, is tough sometimes. So I was uh, willing to change. And I decided that uh, I wanted to work in a more administrative area, something more corporate. So I decided that that was an option when coming back here to Bilbao. And this is what I did. I was uh, working as, um, as an administrative for some years. And during all that period, something that started uh, to shine inside me was uh, the willingness to know how to communicate and specifically how to speak in public because it was something that I was lacking somehow, uh, especially when I started to work in a more administrative environment because uh, when I was in the tourism industry, and we would talk about that uh, afterwards, I had to develop those skills. But public speaking in a different environment was uh, quite a different thing. So lacking that um, maybe that ability, I st started to study what uh, communicating was, what public speaking was, and how I could improve that skill. So uh, I started learning uh, from books, courses, and as you said, and that takes us to something that we uh, both have in common as well, I discovered Toastmasters, and that was the perfect place to practice everything that I was learning. And the rest is a long story. I loved uh, what Toastmaster was, going there, meeting people with the same interests, uh, suddenly... Um, realizing that you could craft speeches and uh, speak before an audience and even compete, then go to Europe level to compete because I won a couple of uh, tournaments or contests at Spain level. And that was the beginning of uh, a passion that took me to the place in which I am right now, which is uh, teaching or, or training people, professionals specifically, to speak in public and to communicate better through different uh, projects, one of which is Presento.es, which is a platform to learn public speaking online. And I think that long story short, or maybe long story long, this is where I am right now and where I was coming from. Fantastic, fantastic. I, I, I love the fact that uh, Toastmasters uh, let us uh, understand that you can do everything with a method and uh, rather the, uh, the famous filler uh, uh, words or crafting stories or use the pauses or use the time and all those things that are fantastic when you are a guide, you can actually learn it uh, with a method. And uh, uh, let's, let's uh, start talking about um, 
um, the relation between the public speaking and and the guide. So mm -hmm. just uh, let us know a little more about what do you think about uh, the, how important is the public speaking skills on a guide? I think that when you're a guide and even when you're working in the tourism industry um, and you need to serve people, uh, that eventually what means is that you need to, to connect with the person or persons that you have in front of you, which means that somehow you, you become a communicator. If you're a guide, you become a communicator because basically what you do is you have some information you you want or you have to transmit that information to other people and that is why i think that it's um, really important to learn not only communication skills in general but public speaking when you're a guide because you will have to face several situations which are tough and in which you need some resources and uh, if you learn them from the field of uh, communication in general and public speaking, they will uh, create a really good mm, toolkit for you. And concretely, I'm talking about uh, things like, as you said, not using filler words or knowing how to craft a message, uh, how to chunk the information, how to think in one idea that you want to transmit, for instance, rather than mumbling or uh, talking about anything. And uh, then facing situations or facing your job even in a different way, which is more engaging maybe uh, with the people that you're serving. And I know that you love stories and storytelling, and maybe this is uh, something that you can explore, storytelling or um, somehow strengthening that connection through participation with the group that you have in front of you, or maybe asking questions, or maybe thousands of things that public, uh, public speaking has and that uh, creates that toolkit that you can uh, eventually use. How this is going to be, in my experience, um, I think that um, if you're a guide, for instance, nowadays, maybe you could think of it as a progressive thing. So everything's going to be maybe tough and tight. You, you will fit tight at the beginning when you're talking before an audience and you have a group. You don't know whether they're going to ask anything and you're not going to be able to answer or whatever. But through this um, journey, maybe this is something uh, that could be seen as a hero's journey, the, the, the guide's journey somehow, that takes mm -hmm. you from being a, maybe a plain communicator. I mean, you have an information, you're going to throw that information plain. But when you, when you uh, put all those skills of that toolkit uh, inside you and you try them through that journey, they're going to enrich your message and they're going to enrich the connection that you do with your, with your group, if it's a group that you have in front of you or a person, because uh, sometimes everything, and I'm talking about things that sound uh, really beautiful, but sometimes uh, tourism is not beautiful and the industry is not beautiful and you have problems <laughs> and you have to face those problems. And I know yes. you're laughing because you know that. I don't know if, you, if, you, if it's... Uh, I mean, if you're lucky, maybe it's an 80-20 and 80% of the time, everything is super cool and people is happy because you're the host and you're giving the information and everything. But 20% of the time is um, 
I lost my luggage or this is late or the bus is not coming. So you'll have to face those uh, situations. And I think the public speaking and all the tools that communication has uh, inside the, this huge toolkit, as I said, in which you have storytelling and everything that you've uh, talked about in this podcast, they help, they help a lot, definitely. Xavi, before we go to talk about uh, the tools itself, uh, let, let me ask you, uh, in the opposite, there is anything that being a guy was help, helping you as a Toastmaster? Yes, I was thinking about that before this uh, interview and um, somehow it's fun because um, you don't see, um, if, if, if you don't realize specifically what your journey has been and you look backwards and suddenly you see what we're talking about. I was uh, working in an industry which is really flexible, which is, um, um, I don't know, it requires a lot from the person working in the industry and, and a lot of energy. And suddenly you see that as a speaker, or as a public speaker nowadays, I have a lot of these things that I that, that it strengthens uh, my speaker persona or that, that person that I am when I'm uh, in stage. What kind of things? Um, maybe one of the most important to me could be uh, the ability to read the, the mood of your audience and to see that the, the situation, as we said, is going to change. So maybe they, they, they're angry, maybe they're happy. And obviously, you do not communicate the same way. Well, in a sense, when you're public speaking, when you're throwing a message and you have a, someone in front of you who's receiving that message, you know that this will have an impact on, on that people. And if uh, that people is reacting in a way or another, maybe you will have to shift uh, from one mood to the other or from one message to the other and to adapt all that information. I think that the industry and, and being a guide specifically helps you a lot to read that mood, that temperature of the, the, the people that you have in front of you. And that helps. Then apart from that, as I said before, being flexible, you have to adapt, adapt for example, a speech uh, concretely to the situation that you're facing because the corporate and administrative world sometimes is tough as well. I mean, you're, you're speaking before an audience in a stage and uh, they might, might not be happy because they are in that place. They are obliged uh, to attend or whatever. And, and this is something that I heard uh, a lot to different people who speak before audiences. It's not easy to manage that. So if you are used to coping with people who maybe are not happy with what you are saying and the situation that you're presenting and, and you somehow develop the skills of adapting and being flexible to that situation that will help. And then from there, I could think in um, more specific things such as the ability to listen or, and, and then concretely, technically, when you develop the, uh, the skills of speaking before an audience, you gain self-confidence, you gain fluency, And that all, and you, you bring that all to who you are when you speak uh, before an audience, again, in another environment, such as a corporate environment. Yes, I, I think it's uh, very interesting uh, in terms of a lot of guides don't really know that, that, is, that those are steps that most of people get uh, problems when you get in a Toastmaster or any kind of um, training program for public speaking. 
guides are always having some few steps ahead because it's something you've been doing already. And it's something that not, it's not a, for everybody. I mean, knowing how to uh, read the audience, uh, how to use uh, probably the proper level, depending on the numbers of people in, in front of you. Uh, those are things that are really valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you something that this famous thing about uh, most of the messages, body language and just the seven parts in his words. I mean, this famous um, uh, division when you speak in public. What is the opinion, your opinion about it? Uh, how, how important is the, the body language when a guide is speaking in front of uh, their clients, their audience? There? Well, the main idea to me is that it is uh, hugely important. Having said that, this is the main idea and, and mm-hmm. it's a field that I love and this is something that a public speaker needs to work on. Having said that, uh, it's not just my, my opinion, but the opinion of the person behind the, the let's say, that affirmation or, or that sentence, which is a doctor called uh, Meravian. And mm-hmm. what he discovered was not such a, a specific thing uh, to say that just 7% of what we communicate is words, but that under a specific situation, which is communicating emotions, um, the words become secondary, which is something that makes a difference uh, because uh, it could throw a message which is wrong to me because every time I read that sentence and saying that just 7% of the message and the importance of your message is words, well, um, it sounded strange uh, to me. And then I, I started studying and then I realized that the, this doctor himself in his uh, webpage has like um, some notes saying that specifically what the study was saying and the words were saying. So uh, having said that, um, it's huge. It's really important because uh, what I do think is uh, that it's true is that uh, they there can be contradictory messages between what you say and what you somehow perform physically. And in that situation, what, what wins is what you are saying with your body. So if I'm saying, I love you, but I'm doing like uh, something like my arms crossed and I'm feeling or looking really angry or whatever, what you're going to feel is that I don't love you, that something happens to me. And this is my body speaking. So having said that, a work on and being specific for these uh, for the guides that are listening that are listening or whatever. Obviously, there are some tri- tricks and tips that I, that could help. So uh, maybe here reading a couple of books uh, or even articles or, or whatever could help. But the main um, trick to me, rather than a trick, was uh, it's uh, more being conscient of uh, what who you are being when you are speaking. And if you put the conscience suddenly or arise the conscience suddenly to the situation of being speaking and communicating, you realize that you think in between the words that you're saying. And that helps a lot because this is what in Toastmasters as well, we develop the ability not to use filler words because you suddenly think in between two words. So rather than uh, putting a filler words, you make a pause. So if you do that with um, with your body language as well, you may start, for example, to show your hands, to communicate more opening, doing like uh, broad gestures, 
or um, taking into consideration closed um, uh, gestures such as crossing your arms or putting your hands on your pockets or whatever. And you start to think first and then avoid those uh, gestures. And that helps a lot to communicate your, your message, obviously. And then, of course, you're working before people, which means that if you smile, they will be um, maybe happier even to see a person who's uh, happy in front of them. And that will help a lot. But these are just uh, small tricks. And to me, the most important thing here is to be conscious of uh, how you are communicating and what your body is doing when you're communicating. And start small. I mean, if you, for instance, have the tendency to put your hands in your pocket when you're speaking, try to just have a, a neutral position from that position, do gestures saying that we're going to move from here to there. This is such a, as big as this or as small as this. And those gestures uh, would do is uh, obviously enriching your, your message and help again, uh, what uh, to me is most important in nonverbal communication, which is link your message. I mean, what you are saying in words to mm -hmm. your body language being consistent and when you're consistent this is what helps um this is what helps to show a message which uh, people can one understand and two trust in mm -hmm. it's uh well there is a lot of things i, I want to ask you now but let, let's um let's talk about what exactly um Toastmaster can teach you if you if you are a guy. Let's let's talk uh, one per one. The mm -hmm. probably the, the most interesting topics uh, you learn or we can learn uh, from Toastmaster uh, that can, could could be helpful for uh, for any guide when when it when we talk about uh, um, what I can actually use as a method. What should I learn and then put it in practice? So. If I ask you, choose the, the most important ones and go one by one. Which one will be your top one? I'll talk afterwards about those uh, specific ones, okay? But uh, what you mm -hmm. were saying, I think, to me, uh, it's really important. And it's the fact that Toastmasters give you a method. And, yes. and, and this is what is helpful. I mean, because uh, it's not going to be, it's not a curse. It's not an expert teaching you whatever. It's just a bunch of people who meet uh, weekly or once every month or whatever the club in which you uh, decide to, to do. But uh, once this uh, group is uh, working together, what they do is uh, work as peers. And what you're going to do is, um, for instance, uh, prepare a speech and you give that a speech and the rest of the people will, will listen to you and they will give you feedback. And this, which is really simple to say, um, what is is a method in the end, and spe specifically when you link it to what it's called nowadays, nowadays a, a path in Toastmasters, which uh, formerly was like a competent communicator path, which uh, has um, 10 projects, for instance, to be a competent communicator. And what, what this is going to do is guide you through a step-by-step -step method going from one to 10 to, for instance, present several speeches and then to get a leadership role, which is really, really small at the beginning, at the beginning but progressively it's going to be harder. 
And through all that, what happens is that you learn. And that takes us to what you were asking, asking me. What do you learn? Well, mainly, uh, obviously, you're going to be speaking before an audience, which means that you'll be um, somehow doing what you fear, if you fear it, or um, training what you want to train, which is this ability to speak before an audience. So first thing you will gain, presents. You will be in front, in front of that audience. You will be uh, up in a stage. And this is going to confront you somehow to that situation. This is a situation that guides, for, instan for instance, uh, have daily. Uh, you, you need to speak before an audience. And maybe the audience one day is going to be 10, but they could be even 100 one day or 200 or, or whatever it is. So that presence that you will get uh, you will get it through practice in the in the case of Toastmasters. Then, the, obviously, the performance itself, what I was telling you before, this conscience that you need to have when you're speaking, you will have the ability or the place to develop it. Uh, for instance, you will know how to structure a speech. You will know, know how to, or you will train how to avoid filler words, what I was saying before. You will have this conscience of saying, oh, see, I'm using a filler word here. Why not try next time to pause and then go on speaking rather than saying ah or eh or whatever it is? And uh, th these are things that obviously translate um, directly to your daily work if you're a guide. And then something which is really important to me, time management. Time management, uh, which is important in the both in the corporate world, in uh, public speaking in general, and if you're a guide, obviously this is something that you have to cope with time management, especially because uh, there are situations in which you're in a hurry, and um, maybe someone wants to talk a lot and, and chat a, a lot about the city and whatever, but in front of that person is another one who lost the luggage or uh, is waiting for the luggage. And you need to cope with the situation of knowing what is most important that, that situation and saying, well, let's talk with this guy of the lost luggage thing. And then when I cope with that, let's talk with the other person who wants to, to chat. And uh, I think that there's, uh, there are a bunch of things with those, but uh, then some other ones which we talked about before, Toastmasters help, helps you to craft stories, to tell stories. And this is something that you can um, transpose directly to the, to, to, to the job of being a guide and to the job of communicating an information to people and how engaging stories are. Well, Toastmasters, as... Uh, as many others are, eh? but Toastmasters is a perfect place to train all that that you will take to your to your daily job as a guide, for instance. Uh, let me, um, just in case uh, people don't really been in any other sessions, let me give an example. Um, let's say that I'm in a group, even now, uh, virtually, there is Toastmasters working groups anyway. So mm -hmm. let's say that I'm going to talk uh, about Santiago, how it works. They tell you, okay, you have six minutes for talking about Santiago. And there is one person that is actually taking the time mm -hmm. to, uh, that you actually take six minutes. Then there is another one that is making sure and the only job that that person have in the group is the filler filler words right so uh, in english for instance uh, is going to be taking care of how many you know how many like 
uh, are you, you are using, right? And then there is another person that is specifically there to give you feedback about your your lecture or your talk, right? And and so on. So that it's the multitasking um, group is the actual thing. The actual thing that is really helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how how can I learn? to be that person, the one that is taking the time on the one that gives the feedback, because everything should be learned as well, right? In order to help the person that is talking. So how we can learn how to give proper feedback or how to craft a story. Let's get a little deeper in the tools, the actual tools of uh, Toastmasters. The best part of Toastmasters to me is um, something that is linked to the motto itself of Toastmasters, which is uh, learn by doing. So having said that, would anyone that never went to a Toastmasters meeting would find is that if you want, because if you don't want to and you just want to listen, uh, what you're going to do is just listen. But if you want, you can take several roles. And um, as I said, um, well, let's imagine that uh, there are two paths, which is the, the, the real thing, because Toastmasters in the end is a public speaking and leadership club or organization divided into, into clubs. And what that people would find if they go to a meeting is people taking those roles. As I said before, from very small roles to very big roles, you said a couple, maybe one could be the grammarian, who's the person taking care of what you said, just counting when people saying um, filler words, as or ms or long pauses or repetitions. But they could be the host, what we call the Toastmaster of the day. And that person will be, as a, again, hosting the all the session. Maybe it's going to be one hour, one hour and a half. He or she will be presenting all the parts uh, of the meeting, introducing all the people who's taking part in it, explaining what needs to be explained. And this is what people find. Why I think that this is um, important? Because uh, when you start, obviously what you take is those small roles. So if you take um, regularly what you would take um, the first time is the timer in the timer, just uh, timing when people start speaking and when they end or what, when the, and what we do, we have several systems, one of which could be clapping. So imagine that someone starts to speak and uh, their time ends so that the person timing them would start to clap. So you have to finish, obviously. So, and everyone will clap and you will know that you have to finish your speech, for instance. But it happens as well in the several parts of the meeting. Which are those parts of the meeting? First, we normally, um, we, we, we would start with the, with the presentation and introduction of that Toastmaster of the Day. Then we would pass to the prepared speeches. So as you said before, Imagine that you have five to seven minutes to speak about something that you already prepared at home. Then there is an improvisation part. And then in the end, as you said, there is evaluation part. And this is where the cycle somehow closes when you receive the evaluation, both if you were the person giving that prepared speech or if you were an improviser, you would get an evaluation. And from there, from all those... um, interactions you will learn what would you learn 
and this takes us uh, to the to the question that you were doing. Um, the first thing is to perform your role as good as you can. So if it's a progressive thing, obviously, if you're the timer today, there is uh, someone evaluating you and telling you that you could be a better timer if you do, do this or that. But if you were the speaker and you were, for instance, uh, telling a story, maybe your evaluation, evaluator would tell you that maybe if you change the structure and you put this, this information first uh, and you change a couple of things more and you try all this uh, in your next speech, you will become a better, for instance, uh, a storyteller. And that happens with all the system, let's say, of the method of uh, Toastmasters, that it's based uh, in this uh, system of evaluation, performance, and evaluation. And then when you perform, someone evaluates you, and you take that information to the next session, for instance, you become better. It's as simple mm -hmm. as this. So from that point of view, everyone thinking in a specific skill, again, as I said, telling stories, crafting a speech, knowing how to chunk information, you will have two, two sources of learning. One, the information that Toastmaster provides for you to prepare this speech in advance. And nowadays, nowadays it's all digital, but the, the, formerly there were some manuals and there was information, obviously, to how to craft a speech or whatever. And then second, when you perform it, from those evaluations. You know, uh, that make me, makes me think about um, uh, design thinking and uh, this idea of uh, if you are a part of every part of the process, meaning once uh, you do the feedback, once you are the uh, timekeeper, one you're the grammar and so on, and you participate in every single of those, at the end of the, the day, you became much better even not wanting it it's just because you experience every of the stages so you know how important it is every of the stages and even if you don't want it yourself you became a better keeper um timekeeper sorry you get um better in the, avoiding the the filler words and use a better um use better the pauses, for instance. And that makes me think it's just like the design thinking, the, the, the whole experience became better, even if you don't want it, right? Now, I know, in, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know that you are a specialist in evaluation, the speeches, right? Yeah, yeah. As I, as I was saying before, I when I joined Toastmasters, something that I liked or I discovered I liked was uh, contests and competing. And one of the um, of the competitions in which I was uh, maybe or in which I had the best results were evaluating speeches. So I don't know why um, something natural happened and, <laughs> and maybe I saw thousands and thousands of speeches. So I developed this ability to, to evaluate speeches. And uh, this is what I did in contests as well. And, and things would go right, let's say, because I won, as I said, three competitions at the national level. I was competing in, in Greece as well. 
And yes, yes, something uh, ironically, I said that I'm a better evaluator than a speaker. So, which I don't know <laughs> if it's good or bad, but it's, it, it's a reality. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, it's interesting because what I, I really want to give some, some tools. And let's say that um, you listen any anybody doing the, 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 the speak about, uh, you know, the life in your city. Uh, mm -hmm. What is the things you are going to be paying more attention and uh, what kind of, it's the feedback you're going to provide? It's like something specific do go and do this or avoid to do that. Let, let, us, let us know what will be a, a general uh, evaluation. So that person that just gave this speech is going to go home and, and it's going to have real tools or real beginning departing points to work uh, to get a better speaker. What I tried when I started to craft somehow, and I say craft because I delivered uh, or, or I created a method to me and, and for me to be easier to evaluate a, a speech and to be helpful and always uh, bearing in mind that the evaluations in Toastmasters are one, uh, brief, so they are two minutes and a half, three minutes, between two minutes and a half, three minutes and a half. Obviously, if someone's talking or speaking uh, during 10 minutes, it's not going to be easy in two minutes and a half or three minutes and a half to give a super brilliant evaluation, which is going to help uh, and make a change in the person. But in this uh, time that you have, what you try to do is convey the most um, the most information that you can about two things. One, the message itself, and two, the performance. So uh, regarding the message, what I do in two minutes and a half and three minutes and a half, obviously you cannot go super deep into what the person is saying and your message was this, and but if you change your message to that, no, this is an idea that the person speaking has, and this is what he or she delivered. So having said that, what you could do is talk about technical things about the message. Uh, rather than putting this information here, you might put that information there. Or why, why, don't, why didn't you, or you could start using this resource and so on. And uh, from the other part, about the performance itself, uh, things which are, which are more related to what we were talking about before, nonverbal communication, the use of stage, the use of your hands, the eye contact, and all these more physical things. And having into consideration that those words, the thing that I evaluate normally, what I try to do, as I said, is create somehow, of, somehow a, a container in, or a method that guides me through some steps. So I would use normally five steps, which were op one, opening the, the evaluation, two, talking about the, 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 let's say, the strengths of that person. Then what could make the speech uh, more effective? And note that I'm not saying here uh, weaknesses or bad things or wrong points because this is something that we use in Toastmasters. And then wrapping up and then closing my evaluation, again, with a motivating message or word or sentence. And having said that, the most important part is mm -hmm. the part in the middle, <clears throat> the one that talks about uh, uh, strong points and then those things that could make the speech more effective. And what I try in that part is in the first one, 
And well, in both, let's uh, grab up saying in both. What I try to do is being super specific. If I say you could um, use, um, I don't know, for instance, you could open your speech in a different way. Well, this is something general. What means open, opening the speech in a different way? What's different to me and what's different to you? And why do you think that this was mm -hmm. not working? If rather than that, I said, uh, you opened your speech saying, my name is so-and-so, and today I will talk about something and something. Well, what I do is explain what, why there is another structure that might be more effective. I, I could say, if rather than that, mm -hmm. you um, use another resource, maybe you can engage more the audience because they will not expect what you are saying. And if you are saying just your name or whatever in the first sentence, they will think that uh, the regular thing is going to happen there. So maybe they are disconnecting. And then again, I'm being specific here. If rather than that, you, for instance, use a question, what you're going to do is engage your audience. Your audience. And then what I do is a specific recommendation. So what I suggest is that you say, and then I can uh, make up a question and suggest a question. Uh, does it mean that that person is going to use specifically this question next time? No, but I'm giving an example. And examples, what make samples is uh, concrete, yeah. or they, con they, they take it to the field of concreteness uh, rather than uh, mumbling and saying uh, uh, this or that, or I think, no, maybe I was feeling, well, this is all your point of view, but if you make it specific, I will have the ability to know what you're talking about and take it to my field and maybe. Again, next time I'm using this information, I will try what you are suggesting. So to wrap up, it will be those steps. And when you're saying uh, what the strong parts and the what could make the speech more effective, try to be one, specific, two, give examples, and three, give suggestions. And this is more or less my method. Yeah. Super grab Super. that right here. <laughs> <laughs> No problem, no problem. Uh, you know, with the example you just gave, um, I'm wondering, it's a Toastmaster uh, the same as the same method they use in TED Talks? Or what is the main same thing and what is the main difference between both? Yeah, I, I read some books uh, about the, the structure of the, the talks. Uh, rather than the structure, I would say that the main difference is the performance. Mm -hmm. uh, Toastmaster comes from, uh, it was created in the US in a specific environment and, and many people come, coming from uh, theater and theatrical abilities uh, would go to Toastmasters and the essence of the speeches of, of Toastmasters are, um, I, I mean, all these things that I was saying mm -hmm. are uh, related to the type of speeches that you see, especially in contests. So what you normally see in Toastmasters, specifically again in contests, are theatrical speeches, uh, people doing huge gestures, and maybe the speeches normally are or tend to be motivational and they normally have like this hero journey, the person peeling itself there and saying, I was super bad at the beginning or some years ago, but I... Uh, you will see how I became who I am today. And all of that 
is uh, normally or, or not necessarily seen in TED Talks. TED have and they have this uh, idea spreading thing that I love, which is I have an idea and this is what I'm going to try to convey in 18 minutes. And um, what you will put uh, or the resources that you will use to convey that idea might be very different. It might be something really theatrical or it might be just uh, super pragmatic and uh, specific studies or it might be humor or it might be a performance, uh, which is something that I've seen as well. So the main thing, the main difference to me is that the Toastmaster has this theatrical and maybe motivational uh, speeches normally, regularly, I would say. And that they have this uh, one idea and I would try to use uh, the resources I have to convey this idea. So what you will see in that speeches is no huge gestures or um, movements around the stage or running from here to there and, or people on the floor or things like that. You, you won't see those things normally, regularly in, in TED Talks. <laughs> Great. Uh, you just make me think about the mo motivational part of, uh, of Toastmaster. And I just remember that it's a very common thing that you always give applause, right? At the end of the, mm -hmm. of the presentation. So people get... Uh, uh, regardless of the results, uh, you're always encouraging people to, to just do it better. And by applauding, it's something automatically you feel like uh, you did a good job anyways, and it's going to be better next time, right? Hmm. That is, yeah, yeah, is, yeah, that's it. Which is something really, again, uh, something um, that in maybe in the, and I'm guessing, because eh, I'm not living there, but yeah. uh, in the United States, something mm -hmm. which is common, they love all these media performance and the <laughs> theater thing. And in some different cultures, it's uh, weird at the beginning. Yes, it is. And I, I, and I have to confess, I don't know if, whether this happened to you in Chile, but uh, <laughs> it happened here. Uh, when a newcomers come into our meetings here, uh, we won't clap people in corporate world when they are speaking. And suddenly you see that someone's going up the stage and they start to clap. And that person is looking at the people like clapping as well, but uh, really, really smooth and saying like, okay, this is what needs to be done. I'm going to do that, but I'm feeling really weird right now. So, and then eventually, <laughs> yes. I mean, this is something that you get used to and you just do. And uh, which is good somehow, as you said. Uh, I mean, that is a performance that you will do and everything's going to go okay, whether you do a performance super brilliant or, or that performance not that brilliant. So uh, that encourages people to, to live experience, which is a good experience, which is what it's going to make you um, love somehow the fact of communicating, which is something lovely. Xavi, let's, uh, let me ask you one sentence that we can use uh, for our friends uh, regarding every of the topic we've been mentioning so far. It's like, uh, okay, uh, what will be one recommendation you give if we tell people uh, crafting uh, speeches or stories? What is the main recommendation regarding that? Do you want it related to the guides itself that we might be yes. talking to. If this is the case, yes. what I would do is a general recommendation, but which is, uh, I think that it's important and is the fact of seeing that as a guide, you're a communicator and then you will have to develop the ability to, to communicate. And this is something that sounds um, 
general, but uh, it's uh, paramount in the end because uh, I don't know you, uh, whoever's listening, if in if in high school or universities or whatever, they were taught to communicate and speak in public. I was not, even though I was uh, studying theorism. But suddenly, what I found mm -hmm. was that that was the 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 ability, let's say, in, in capital words, that I would use in not only in the tourism industry, but in all corporate world. And nowadays I'm teaching this, uh, of course, but everyone uses uh, communication and public speaking in general. And if you're a guide, uh, even more. So you, what, what would differentiate you is the ability that you have to convey your message, to communicate. So if that is um, true, and I think that it is, prepare yourself. And preparing yourself means one, um, attending to courses, reading books or whatever, or uh, we talked uh, minutes about that, join a Toastmaster club. And, mm -hmm. uh, but not only that, because uh, that was my journey, for instance, but my journey is continuing nowadays in, the, in a world which uh, might sound really far from that, which is improvisation, theater improvisation. And to me, it's like um, feeding this, uh, feeding this beast somehow, this good beast, no, the beast of uh, co communicating and and analyzing what it means to you and how can you improve and what do you, what you need what you need at each uh, stage in which you are to become a better communicator. What I what I felt I was needing was something more related maybe to theater improvisation. Uh, but maybe a guide is uh, ended up right now uh, here of his studies and he or she might be thinking, okay, what, what do I do right now? Well, a great way to differentiate yourself is to learn to communicate and to speak in public. And then the resources that we talked about uh, today, I think that are a good beginning to, to that heroes uh, so that they, they become those, uh, the, those great speakers and guides. Do you just mentioned something about improvisation. Do you want to get a little deeper with that? Because it's, that is key as well, right? Yeah, sure. I'm, um, I'm a newbie here, eh? I'm, as I said. Uh, no, but, but it's interesting because um, it's related to what I was saying. It depends on the stage in which you are as a communicator. You will need something, feel that you need something. because And, and I'm talking about feelings because... Public speaking is not an, a, a really, it's not something based in facts. I mean, how do you show that you're a good public speaker? Well, mm -hmm. speaking in public or creating a speech, but this is something subjective as well. So it's not easy to know how a person might be a good communicator. Having said that, um, the field is so broad that is, which is something that I love. Eh? I'm always changing and I talked about my professional career and how everything changes a lot and I don't know where I'm right now and where I'm going to be tomorrow. So I'm, I'm a guy that loves changing. And what I found in communication and public speaking is there is such a broad uh, field which is endless. Mm. And being endless to me, I, I love it. I, I love yes. the fact of being endless because... <laughs> You, you can approach it from many different places. And the one that I, because when I was at Toastmasters, maybe there, there is room for creativity, of course. There is room for improvisation. There is room for, um, 
for um, to, to enjoy what you do. But also there are some things which are maybe worked uh, a lot more in different fields. And one of which I found that was uh, theatrical improvisation. So uh, I found a group here in my city, in Bilbao, and I tried to improvise and I felt in, in, in love directly with it. It's, um, it is. it's a smooth approach to theater and acting. And yes. there are huge things that you learn. You, you develop this stage presence, as I was saying. You develop creativity. You, and, you, and then, you, again, you take it to your daily interactions. And, and, and you do it in, in a fun way. I normally go three hours every week, three hours in a row, and, and time flies. And I could be there three hours or, or six hours because it's uh, super fun. So to anyone who's thinking in improving those communicating skills, but maybe they already read thousands of books, attended thousands of courses, or people <laughs> maybe stuck in Toastmasters or whatever, I do recommend uh, improvisation. No, it's it's. I think it's one of the greatest tools uh, because uh, you became water. You became so flexible, and and mm. you know that there is a lot of things that are are actually okay. They're actually okay to put some filler words once in a while, or or give a longer pause or whatever, or and especially to to be relaxing, but also be be doing something properly done. Um, we are getting closer of the end, but I want to ask you because there is a lot of uh, guides and tour managers uh, doing virtual experiences. Can you think about anything that we need to be aware when we are doing something through a computer, an online um, activity that we can we can you know use as a best practice or? or something that we should be aware when we do an online? In my experience, and it's not an experience related to the industry, to tourism, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, something that you know more because uh, we were talking about that before and you're involved in these uh, virtual tours and everything. That looks um, super interesting to me. Uh, I mean, you were saying before uh, a tour to the... I don't know, to Chile itself. Uh, mm -hmm. Imagine that I could go to Chile and have this uh, life experience um, with a guide, for instance. It's amazing what te technology can do nowadays. In the other hand, uh, it's a challenge, obviously, in the experiences that I have uh, speaking in before in a virtual audience. The challenges are, one, the technological issues. Things um, things might go wrong, and they will go wrong. So uh, <laughs> you will you'll have to have that in, in, into consideration. And then interactions are again are not the same. You don't have the, the people in front of you. So my best recommendation uh, would be to give time to every interaction. And when I'm meaning about, what I mean about interactions is uh, one, the technical issues that you have to cope with, and two, the message that you have to convey would not be as easy to convey sometimes. So what can you do here? You can ask people and interact with, with people. You have to, let's say, have to do it when you speak before an audience as well. But if it's a virtual audience, even more. Ask if people's understanding what you are saying. Ask if anyone's having any technological trouble. And 
give time. If you think, again, here, the 80-20 rule might work. If you have uh, one hour, think that for maybe 40 minutes, um, the content from 40, 40 minutes is enough because you will have to um, develop uh, everything at the beginning to fix the technical issues and then all along the um, the activity things might go wrong and you'll have to fix them and people would ask and there is people or there are people maybe that don't know how everything works so if they they want to interact but they don't know how so be patient be patient is um and and, and time manage time properly yeah. don't adjust uh time to the situation and, and you're laughing because uh, everyone that that, uh, <laughs> that maybe had has had this experience know what i'm talking about because it's like you're in your mind you have everything prepared and uh, from minute one to ten this is going to happen from 10 to 30 this all is going to happen and then suddenly you're minute 15 and people's not connected or people are not connected and you're struggling with uh, your voice or whatever so Take your time, be patient, and take into consideration that communicating virtually is not as easy as doing it with uh, people in front of you physically. So, yes, I would say that. And like every other thing, needs a lot of practice before you actually do it so you are comfortable with it because it's 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 amazing the, the variety of experiences we can have. Uh, and I'm talking about when you have classes online, some of the teachers could be super fun and they have a good illumination, a great mic, and uh, they, it's so obvious they've been practicing. And some other people, you barely see them or the camera is pointing somewhere else and not their faces. So it's very annoying when you, <laughs> you attend those classes. So there is a lot of things to actually pay attention uh, on the virtual experiences too. Um, but you need to experience as a user. It's like it's like you said before. You you, what if you were the person watching the uh, the, the classes and not the one giving them? And so you need to you need to put yourself in the other side, and that is something that Toastmaster is great. And by the way, I want to mention Toastmasters. It's everywhere in the world, so you can easily go in your country and find out where is the Toastmasters Club. Uh, a lot of them are online if you want to do it. I mean, it's not the ideal, but still, you can learn a lot. Uh, so uh, it's an invitation we we have. Xavi, um, do you have any books or videos or something that you want to recommend if you want to learn a little more about uh, uh, public speaking or Toastmasters? Or... I always recommend the same books because uh, I love them. And not just the books, but the author, who's um, Nancy Duarte. And she runs mm. a company in Silicon Valley helping public, great, really huge public speakers craft their speeches and everything. And then transposes all that information into loving, super cool books, easy to read, and super practical books. And she has like three to four books, uh, which I love. The first of which is a guide. It's a, I think that is something like HHBR Guide to Public Speaking or something like that. Really practical one. Mm -hmm. Then uh, she has uh, the um, general the, the, the book called Resonate, which is like her general 
idea of what uh, crafting a speech should be. And this might be super good for guides as well, because uh, that takes you through the path of uh, thinking about the speech as a journey and how you need to craft it and and the emo- taking into consideration the emotions as well and thinking about where things are now and where they could be and then shifting from one emotion to the other and super helpful for, for that. And then she has two more books uh, that I love, one of which is um, Data Story, uh, which the, the recent mm. one, everything related to showing data and telling stories with that. And the one that I'm forgetting is, uh, it's one, a red one, uh, that's the one related to um, visual aids. But I can't remember mm-hmm. the name. It's easy to find. It's a red one. can't remember the name. But again, any, any, okay. anyone Super. from Nancy Duarte, anyone, if uh, anyone who wants to speak in public, uh, or, or develop disability, reads those uh, three to four books, she or he will be a better public speaking directly. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, do you want to give any final recommendations? Not anything that I didn't said. I mean, I think that the main idea, and as we are talking to guides, uh, again, and people involved mm-hmm. in the tourism industry, the main idea that I could throw is uh, if you are a guide, for instance, if you are a person speaking to uh, some other persons, you are a communicator. This is it. Uh, so yes. if you're and having said that, and I think that everyone agrees on that. So having said that, begin to work on your public speaking skills and you will make a difference. And when you make a difference, um, you have more chances to get jobs or, or to get better jobs or to cope with uh, really bad situations such as the one in which uh, we are right now. So uh, work on your communication skills. Everything is communication. And you can begin from all the resources that we talk about uh, today. But you know that it's going to be a really long journey. So um, to you, I would say, enjoy your journey. I love it. Everything is communication. I love that one. Xavi, uh, where people can find uh, more about you if uh, they want to contact you or reach you or know more about the work you are doing? My main project right now, and it's a digital one, is called Presento, which is uh, www.presento.es. So there is a podcast Mm -hmm. as well, all in Spanish. eh? And and so for Spanish Mm -hmm. speakers and anyone who wants to contact me, anyone who wants to know what this project is about, where you could find uh, courses to learn public speaking and communication in general, and many other resources, or might want to listen to the podcast, as easy as uh, type in presento.es and he or she will find me there. Fantastic. Well, Thank you. Thank you very much, Xavi, for being with us. I'm clapping my hands for you right now, what I, I'm supposed to do in, in Toastmaster. Uh, <laughs> thank you for, for being in this wonderful episode. Uh, I, I'm sure that we are adding a lot of uh, new topics for our friends around the world. So thank you very much. And thank you as well for our audience for being another time again. Uh, joining us uh, this week and I'll be waiting for you uh, next time with another guest from somewhere in the world with new skills thank you, thank you Chavi bye bye thank you, bye bye
you for joining us for another episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll be waiting for you next time with more useful topics with another guest from around the world. Until then, keep learning!